Once you are self-aware, you must make a change. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show where we bring you inspiring guests who motivate, educate you, and they are from around the globe to help you with lessons in life, life, leadership, and business. Today, my special guest, I had the opportunity of sharing the stage with at the Blue Talks with Corey Poirier. Dr. Alan Leica has been acknowledged as one of the leading cosmetic dermatologists in the world for three decades. A pioneer in cosmetic surgery, he helped develop laser-assisted tumescent liposuction, an advanced body sculpture technique, and Mohs micrographic surgery, a means of removing cancer with 99% success. He has lived and practiced in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada since 1989. He's written 17 books, 30 plus academic papers, and hosted the number one internet show in the world, Inside Cosmetic Surgery Today. He is co-founder of Doctors for, for the Practice of Safe Ethical Aesthetic Medicine and founder of the Canadian Skin Cancer Association. He has won the prestigious Consumer Choice Award for Cosmetic Surgery for 16 consecutive years. Dr. Laika is happily married to Dr. Lucy Bernier Laika for 38 years, and they have four lovely daughters, seven beautiful grandchildren, and he counts these as his most important accomplishments. In 2003, Dr. Laika's life changed drastically when he suddenly developed a drop foot, and then misdiagnosed as ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. He still maintained his status as a leading cosmetic doctor. Because of what he learned, he co-authored the book, The Secrets of Living a Fantastic Life with Harriet Tinka, a former fashion model and woman of distinction. And he is currently co-authoring two more books, one with Corey Poirier entitled Blue Talks Presents Business, Life, and the Universe, and one with Jack Canfield entitled The Pillars of Success. He is currently acknowledged as a leading expert in the living a fantastic life and turning points. He is a transformational speaker, thought leader, coach, and mentor. Dr. Laika has been a guest on a dozens of television, radio, podcasts, and featured in newspapers across the country. And I am so grateful to have Dr. Alan Laika on our show today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, Deborah, it's always great to be on your show. And thank you very much for having me. It's, it's a wonderful experience. It was a great experience being on the podium with you as well. We had a lot of fun. And it was so interesting to hear everybody's stories and the journeys of business, life, and the universe. And being on such a stage to see the diversity of story and how our journeys are very much different, yet so much alike. They are, and I, I think it's very important for people to know where they've come from so that they know where they're going. And my story is, is a bit unique in, in many respects. Well, let's not hold off any longer. Let's tell the audience about how it felt for you 
as a doctor to be told that you have six months to live, so you better get your affairs in order. You know, that's, this is probably one of the most devastating experiences that could ever happen. Uh, I, after, um, you know, my case began very interestingly. I was walking in Disney World with my wife and she turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hun? I said, what do you mean what's wrong with me? For once, I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't said anything wrong. I, I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. And she, and she said, you know, there's something wrong with you. And I said, really? And she said, your right foot, it's not working right. It's flapping. I said, really? What do you mean by that? She said, listen to your foot. And my foot had developed an audible flap. And every step I was taken, I, my foot was flapping on the pavement. And, you know, then she turned to me and she said, hun, you better get this checked out. Now, when your wife tells you that, you know you better listen. Uh, otherwise, you won't be married too long. And for the first time, I, I really had to think what was wrong. So I went and got every test known to man. I got brain scans. I got CAT scans. I got scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day? What's that? Absolutely nothing. There was absolutely a none of my tests. The doctors were flabbergasted. They really didn't know what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And finally, I went to see that world-class neurologist who said, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. And I said, why? I have a dropped right foot. I said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and you're going to be dead in six months. Get your affairs in order. Now, I was really shocked. I, I didn't know what to say. I was dumbfounded. For the first time in my life, I was probably speechless. and and I said, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, autopsy. Now, those were some of the cruelest words I ever oh my heard. Goodness. But you know, doctors can be wrapped up in their worlds a lot, and they don't always share things very well. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that point that there was something wrong with this, this fellow. And I knew that there, the diagnosis was not correct. This was way back in 2003. It was at the start of the internet. Uh, now we live and die by the internet. The internet back in 2003 was a very primitive beast. You had dial-up connections, you had connections to it. You had to learn foreign languages in order to speak on it and, and because you couldn't get enough memory and power to really access it. But I knew there was an answer here and I turned to my wife and said, what do you think's wrong? She said, I have no idea but I, I'm sure there's an answer out there. So I went looking, I looked on the internet, I, I searched everywhere, and I found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz, who had a story very similar to mine, but he progressed much more rapidly. And he was literally on his deathbed when doctors from around the world came to say goodbye to David. And a doctor came up from Texas and saw something in David that nobody else had ever done. And he said to David, he said, David, I don't think you have ALS. He said, what do you have? And, and the doctor said, I think you have something called chronic Lyme's disease. That's the bite of a tick that causes a chronic neurological illness. And it's very much, looks very much like ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. But if I'm right, he said, I'll start you on antibiotics. And within one week, David literally was like Lazarus arising from the dead. Wow. He was totally a different person. And 
you know, David said, you know, I got to do something about this. And he started treating people with this weird disease. So I phoned David in Colorado Springs and I got in touch and we talked for hours and he said, can you come down and see me? And I said, when? This was on our Thanksgiving long weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the Saturday that I talked to him and he said, I said, when do you want me to come down? He said, why not tomorrow? And I said, are you kidding me? My wife's having 40 people over for Thanksgiving. And she said, and he said, aren't there any planes in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I, I went to my wife, told her my situation. And she said, of course you have to go. This is very important. This is more important than any dinner party. I can handle 40 people. So I got on a plane. The plane went from Edmonton to, to Colorado Springs. It was a great flight. But the first part of the flight went to Denver. Fantastic. Then from Denver to Colorado Springs, you get on this little puddle jumper, this terrible little plane that uh, is, is awful because at the end of the day, the wind comes off the desert and literally causes eddies. And the plane can drop 100 feet within just seconds without warning. Mm -hmm. So I got off that plane and it was like, when I was on, it was like a roller coaster. It was like the drop of doom. It was like a Ferris wheel. And I was sick. I, I tell you, I vomited incessantly. I got off the plane, crawled off it, and there was David to meet me. He literally told me, you know, there, Barry, you don't look so good. And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't feel so good. He said, well, this is just an allegory of, of what you went through. This is just uh, uh, mimics exactly what you've gone through in your life. And so we talked and he diagnosed me as having chronic Lyme's disease. And since that time I've done well, I, I was still one of the leading cosmetic surgeons in the world until I stepped away last uh, fall. And I, I was able to win all these awards and do all these amazing things. And I maintained my status. But you know, when you're at the end, Deborah, you look around, you start looking for answers. You start looking for new ways to do things and you look for solutions for your problems. And I finally knew God's plan for me. I knew what was necessary. I knew what I was supposed to do. And I found what I call 13 golden pearls, 13 golden pearls of wisdom where people can live a better life just like I've learned to do it without the hardship that I've gone through. And I'd love people to learn a little bit more about that. Wow, I have so many questions I want to ask you now. <laughs> I'd love to answer every one of them. So I'm going to start off with, what were the first thoughts that went through your mind when that doctor told you you only well, had I months don't, to The live? first thoughts were anger. I, 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 my, my thought was, how can this guy be so rude, so cruel, as to say something that he really doesn't know what was wrong. Mm -hmm. Certainly, all the things were pointing towards his diagnosis, but there was no way of making the diagnosis from anything he knew. So the point is, he was limited by the things that he knew. So I was angry. But you know, when you go through a process like this, Deborah, you go through phases. When you're dying, um, you go through phases and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, a very bright person, wrote a book on death and dying. Mm -hmm. And in that book, she says there are phases you go through. You go through anger. You go through denial. You go through bargaining. You go through depression. 
And you, at the end, if you are truly dialing, you go through acceptance. Well, I wasn't willing to go through the acceptance phase because I knew I wasn't dying. But anger, denial, bargaining, depression were all running through my head all at once. All of these things were going on. And I went through those phases for several months, working through them. Some days I'd be very depressed and, and couldn't even get out of my bed. Other days, I, I, I wanted to work like a maniac and work 18 hours a day. So at the end of this process, if I was going to die, I'd have something to show for it. Yeah. So when, when you're thinking about, it's almost like someone's giving you a label, giving you a timestamp. And I, I love how you just said he is limited by what he knows. Yes. And I think all too many times people take the label based on one person's opinion, whether they maybe gave him a compliment, gave him some criticism, could be a diagnosis, but they take this label on just like they're holding this sign in front of them. Yes. And I think that's, it's so easy to label things. Now, let, let me use some examples from common life here. Now, suppose a child's in grade school and is uh, labeled as a bad kid, that, they, that they're just not a good kid. They're never going to do well in life. They've got this label about them. Uh, maybe they misbehave in class. Maybe they have family problems. Their, their parents are fighting all the time. Maybe there's a drug addict in the family. Maybe, but the kid comes to school, he's tired, he falls asleep during school, and so he's labeled as a kid that will never make it in life. Well, can you picture where that kid's going to end up? Yeah. He's going to make it true if he believes and internalizes everything that they say. Unfortunately, most of the time we do. Mm -hmm. Most of the time we internalize everything other people say. So if you believe you can, or if you believe you can't, both are true. And I, I think it was Henry Ford that said that, that if you believe you can't, it's true. If you believe you can, it's true. And yeah. so you've got to be very careful what you believe and what you listen to. You know, I'm really impressed with how you realized that you needed to jump that plane. You needed to go. And I really appreciate the metaphor of that travel because, you know, when he said that it represented what you've gone through, it truly had, you know, smooth sailing. And all of a sudden you have this event that has taken you off course, giving you unpredictability and not knowing what's next. But you use this as a turning point, a place to pivot versus yeah, a place to just sink. Turning points despair. are very important. And, and, you know, people are always at turning points. Every day in the life of a person, there's a turning point that goes on. A person can decide to do A or B. And it's based on those decisions that they live different lives or end up in different things. And I think people have to be willing and ready to accept those turning points and look for that airplane, look for that passage that can take them to another world, uh, a new salvation, a new plateau, a, a new form of existence. And they're all around us. But if you don't listen to them, if your mind isn't prepared for them, you're going to miss them. Yeah. And the other thing is, is the thing that I observe from our conversation and our interactions is that you never let yourself be a product of your circumstance. 
you saw beyond what was currently in front of you and you found a solution by reaching out. And I know our audience here on the Millionaire Woman Show where we have men and women listening, um, looking for nuggets to really live a better life, lead better and grow a business. So I would love for you to share how, what we can learn from you and you know, being more solution focused. Well, well let's go through, Sue, a couple of my golden pearls, if you don't mind, uh, Deborah. Absolutely, bring it on. <laughs> I, I think some of the things I learned are really, really basic, fundamental things. And I call them golden pearls because they're golden pearls of wisdom. And one of the things, you know, when a pearl's formed, it's formed because of an irritation in a clam. And that clam literally makes a pearl out of the irritation that's going on. So this beautiful pearl of wit comes about because the clam is being irritated by something in its environment. So we get this beautiful piece of jewelry, this beautiful, this beautiful work of art as a result of that. And I think that's what's come out in my life. These beautiful pearls have come out because of the things that have come on in my life. And one of the greatest pearls a person could ever appreciate is laughter. Do you know that scientists have actually studied laughter? No, and you know, we do. I long to laugh every single day. Laughter is one of the greatest things. It helps bring our mind and body together. It helps bring our soul together. It helps us overcome obstacles. In, the greatest, in our greatest despair, if we can laugh at it, we see the world totally different than if we don't laugh at it. And I think laughter is one of those things that one of those God's gifts that I think that's proof that there is a benevolent God because God gave us the ability to laugh and, and gave us that ability. Now, everybody knows that onion can make you cry. Well, there's no food that can make you laugh, but we can make us our laugh ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to invent something. One well, of let's go through it. I'm going to tell you, do you know what the funniest joke in the world is, uh, Deborah? Somebody has, scientists have actually studied the funniest joke in the world. Really? Really. I, 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 <laughs> a doctor by the name of Dr. Wiseman studied thousands of jokes and got people to rate them. And he put together the funniest joke as a result of that. Do you want to hear the funniest joke in the world? Bring it on. There were two hunters. They were in the woods. And one of them dropped dead. He looked like he was dead. His buddy got all agitated. He pulled out his cell phone and he phoned 911. Help me, help me, help me. I don't know what to do. The operator said, calm down, mister. Uh, you know, first, can you make sure he's dead? So all of a sudden the phone drops down. There's a click on the other end a loud bang, and then the guy comes back on the phone and said, yes, he's dead. What do I do now? I think that's what's called black humor, Deborah. Yes, yes. But I haven't had yet a person not laugh from that one. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny thing about ourselves, how we laugh in those situations. Yeah. Do you want to know another pearl that I have? Sure. Sure. Another pearl is, I think, something that we don't do enough. And, and you do this. I know this from your life and how you are and you're talking and so on. And that's gratitude. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be grateful in our day for everything that we have. 
I think I have to be grateful. I'm grateful to be on the show here. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to have this ability to share my message with people and help them along with their troubles. I'm grateful that you're a friend of mine and I've had this opportunity to learn from you and be able to share with you as well. Wow, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm very grateful for having you on this show. And, well, and I think one of the simple things, everybody that's listening to today, is they can start a gratitude journal and spend five minutes a day writing down the things that they'll be grateful for, that they're grateful for. It's not asking a lot, just spend a little bit of time and quiet time. I prefer a paper journal to an internet journal because I find when you write things on the, uh, on the computer, we're always distracted. We always have something else to do. Something's pulling us to another thing. But if you get a little journal and write in there the three things I'm grateful for today, can you picture how your world changes as a, as a result of that? Definitely. I have three kids. So I could put that on my list every single day. <laughs> well, and I have four children and I have seven grandchildren now. And it's just the most amazing thing to see them grow and experience and see the world through their eyes. I, it's something that every parent should do is spend time with their children and, and literally love them for what they are. Now, not every child's good every day, and there's fights and little things, but guess what? They all get beyond them, and every day is a great day as long as you keep looking for the good things that are going on. And that's a key thing, uh, Dr. Leica, that it is about looking for the good, and when you were talking about laughter, the first thing I think of that we need to do is have a little jar that when we hear kids laugh, or, or their silly jokes or whatever, whatever brings them joy or baby giggling for the, you know, when they just first, first learn to laugh, I just want to put it in a jar. So when I'm having one of those days or maybe even start my day that way is just to open up that jar and just let it explode in laughter. It's always great to do that. And I'm going to go through one more pearl, if you don't mind. Please the do. The pearl of enthusiasm. Now, enthusiasm is not something you're given, but something you have to do every day. Because with, I think enthusiasm is one of those so-called game changers. If you bring enthusiasm to every day, I think there's uh, nothing that can defeat you. And there's a story about a person about enthusiasm that I'd love to share with the listeners out there. Please. Okay. There was an old man by the name of Fred. He was a carpenter. And after many, many years of working for one boss, he was tired. He really didn't want to work anymore. So he went to his boss and he said, you know, this is my last day. I'm quitting. I really can't do this anymore. It's, it's not something I find joyful. I don't find it something I'd love to do. So I want to really quit now. And the boss thought about it for a minute. And he said, you know, Fred, can you do one more job for me? It's only something that you could do. You're my master carpenter. You've done so much good work for me for the years. Could you build me just one more house? One house that I really would be grateful for. And, and at the end of the day, I really need that house. And Fred begrudgingly said yes. Now, Fred's heart was not into it. He went to work dragging his ass every day. He 
maybe spent two or three hours a day. He did shoddy work, which was uncharacteristic for Fred. Fred was the best carpenter in the world, but he just didn't have his heart into it. And at the end of six months, he barely got the house done. It was so crudely built, it barely got through the inspections that had to be done. Mm. So at the end of it, Fred came and dropped the keys on his boss's desk and say, okay, I'm out of here. And the boss said, you know, not so fast, Fred. I, I really would like you to stay here for a while. I'd like to draw everybody from the office here together. And I'd like you then to come and everybody to say uh, just a few minutes about what you meant for this company and everything else. And so they did and they had a little party and, and everybody was happy. And he said, you know, Fred, I've got a very special present for you. These keys are the keys to your house. This house I want you to live in for the rest of your days and enjoy it, just like all the joy you've given to me. Mm. Do, do you understand the enthusiasm you should be carrying every day there? Without that enthusiasm, you're just not making it. You're just putting in the motions. And if you don't have that enthusiasm, I encourage you to find it. If, if you don't have a job you like, find a job that you like, find your passion and do it. If you don't have the work you want, if you don't have the children you want, if you don't have the relationship you want, I think you have to develop that relationship. I think you have to do what's right and do all the good things for you. And it's about showing up each and every day and giving your best because you know, what you put out is gonna come back. the right attitude. You can show up and be a grumbler. You can be a pisser and a moaner. You can be a person that complains about everything. Or you can be a person that shows up and, and instead of the attitude that your glass is half empty, you see that it's half full and you wanna make it full. And you try to do the best in everything you do. You try to make that day so phenomenal that it really is the thing that you do and really make everything better that way. So what's your favorite pearl out of all of them? You know, I have so many, but I think behind this is, is a very simple message. And I want the message to come clear. And it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the simple message everybody should take hold. And at the end of the day, I really encourage everybody to pay it forward. I want everybody to think about how they can pay it forward and do something for somebody else without any intention of everything, anything ever being done for you, just giving freely, loving freely, letting yourself be the person that you can be, share the good parts of you, and hopefully that at the end of the day, this world will be a better place. That is sage advice that we need to take with us every day. So if you're listening and you're struggling right now and you're thinking that you are this circumstance and things aren't going to change, I want you to think about all the nuggets of wisdom that Dr. Laika has shared. Um, what is your name of the book that you've written? The book is called Living a Fantastic Life. You can go to a website and actually pre-order it called fantasticlifebook.com. And I, I would love you to go to that site, pre-order it. It will be out by Mother's Day. In fact, we'd love to have it out before them, but we are just going through the final editing phases so that every word is perfect. So everything will be perfect for our listeners and fantasticlifebook.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, 
Dr. Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A, at gmail.com. You can write me at any time. I'd love to answer any of your questions. Excellent. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners and viewers? You know, I think it's very important that when you uh, love things like I do, I, I am a public speaker. I would love to be on anybody's podium or stage. If you're looking for a world-class public speaker, I'm your man. I'd love to grace your spades and, and help you uh, with, with some of this message. I speak on business, I speak on life, I speak on the universe, and I would be perfect for almost any occasion. Excellent. So are you planning on any more books? Is there more books than speaking in your future? No, it's an interesting world. Uh, this year, I've actually got three books coming out. One is with Corey Poirier. You and I know Corey, yeah. and he's writing a book called Business, Life, and Universe, and I am a co-author of that book as well. And Jack Canfield is actually writing a book called Pillars of Success that he's asked me to contribute to as well. So we have a chapter coming out in that. So I, I, there's going to be a lot coming out. My main book, Secrets of Living a Fantastic Life, will be out by Mother's Day. And I'm sure it's going to be a bestseller. I'm sure it will be. With those words of wisdom and pearls for people to take whatever irritation that they're facing right now, whatever turmoil you might be facing or not sure about what your next step is knowing that whatever you're going through right now is just a setup for the next um, trajectory in your life and you're only moving upwards into seeing things from a different perspective what is the greatest thing you've learned in hindsight you know i think you know looking back at all my trials and tribulations is you cannot appreciate the heights, the mountains, without knowing the depths of the despair. If you've never known the depths of the despair, you will never appreciate the heights of the mountains and the grandeur of the mountains. So I think that the depths, the trials, the hardships we go through are actually what makes the heights even better than we've ever accomplished. They are just that much more magnificent. And, and, and as I say, the mountains are much, have much more grandeur when you know the valleys that surround them. Well, I have a couple more questions in my back pocket for you that I love to ask my guests. And I know that you have been working long hours for many, many years, and I'm not sure, but I'm assuming with all those accolades, you are a person of a continuous learning. What is one book that has had a profound effect in your life? You know, I, I don't know if I could ever name one book because I think I, I read sometimes 20 or 30 books all at once. And all those books are usually uh, read very quickly and rapidly. Uh, the current book that I'm reading is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. David Goggins was a, a Navy SEAL that went through a very challenged, difficult life. And he has come up with a, a way of overcoming many of those things. So that currently is on my book list. I, I'm, a lot of my books I listen to as auditory books as well. And that's the one that I'm listening to currently right now. David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Excellent. Okay. This is the biggest question of all. What does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? You know, living rich from the inside out is I think something people should always try to do. Uh, you know, richness is not about money. It's not about rewards. It's not about those things. It's 
perceiving and looking at the gold and the pearls that are inside you. It's looking at the wonderful things, the wonderful riches that have been given to you. It, it's about the gratitudes that we have for the things that we've actually been given. So I think a large part of, of that message of living rich from the inside out means being grateful for things and finding that gratitude in everything we do. Yes, very important message. Again, how can people stay in touch with you? Just a little reminder. Yeah, Go to my website, buy my book, fantasticlifebook.com. Get me on the internet, Dr. Allen, A-L-L-E-N, and it's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A, at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for coming on the show, Dr. Lyka. It's been such a pleasure to have you. And uh, I look forward to seeing your book when it comes out and grabbing more. <laughs> and more I wisdom. look forward to sharing more podiums with you and being more in touch as well. I would love that. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. I'd love for you to go over to my website, download your free mini course, video course on making habits stick so you can build focus and consistency in your life to get those routines in place to reach those goals that you're striving for. As well, please subscribe, rate, and review the Millionaire Woman Show so more people can listen to shows like this with Dr. Laika and many of our profound guests. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And as always, I, on behalf of Dr. Laika and myself, go out and make today great. Thank you.